Yes, it's that time of year again. Of course, we love WKRP all year long, but especially now as we get closer to Thanksgiving and recall that incredibly funny episode. Did you know we have five different WKRP designs, including three different Turkey Drop-inspired ones? Simply go to CincyShirts.com and type WKRP into the search bar and have a look. Use the promo code at the end of this episode to save 20% on your entire order online or in-store. Now, on with the show. WKRP in Cincinnati. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 143. Today on our show, Megan Mongello. Has had a lot of folks retire recently. A lot of talented journalists that you know love Cincinnati and lived here and made this their home. And you know, it's a personal choice for folks. You know, a lot of people, like for instance, Joe Webb. He didn't grow up in Cincinnati. He grew up in Oklahoma, and then he came here to Cincinnati and, and started his family and raised his kids here and retired here. You've been watching her on Fox 19 and Local 12 more recently, and if you're up in Dayton, you know her from channels 22 and 45. Today, Megan sits down with us to talk about growing up in Youngstown, her desire to stay close to her Midwestern roots during her career, and some of the interesting stories she's covered over the years. There's also a bit of a fun reveal at the end of the interview. You'll see what I mean. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code near the end of the interview for 20% off your entire Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Now let's talk to Megan Mangillo. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. So do you broadcast from home? Uh, yeah, we do now. We used to record these in the back of our Hyde Park store until the pandemic. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, we well, some Zoom, Skype, or sometimes just the telephone if it's just uh, me and the guest. So, uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a, vari- a variety of way of knocking these things out now, so... Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess we'll start with your Cincinnati bona fides is usually where we start with folks. Are you from Cincinnati? I am not, but I've lived here like 13, 14 years, so I feel like Cincinnati is my home now. Okay. Well, where are you from? A little bit south of Youngstown, Ohio. It's a county called Columbiana County. It's on the Ohio PA border. No kidding. Uh, my whole family's so- from Youngstown. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You, you know where Columbiana County is? I know where Columbiana, and my uh, good friend of mine uh, was from there. Oh, okay. A good friend of our yeah. family. He was my cousin's best friend, uh, and yeah, he became a, very close with our family. He was from Columbiana, so yeah. And uh, that's exact. I'm from Columbiana as well. If, wow. Are you going to tell me his name on the podcast, or do you want to tell me? Uh, well, you might not. He was he was older, way older than me. When I was in my teens, he was in his late twenties because my cousins were older than me, and uh, he passed away several years ago. Uh, Jerry Stevens. I don't know if you. Uh, no, it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, I think his mom still lived in Columbiana for years after that, though. But um, 
Well, yeah, I know Columbiana, and uh, I'm more familiar with the northern parts of Youngstown. Uh, my family is from Liberty Township. I grew up in yeah. Mentor in the Northeast, but my uh, dad's family, grandfather, and uh, his his two sisters, uh, all lived in Youngstown most of their lives. So, yeah, it's a it's a place where people kind of like Cincinnati. Like my parents live there, and I don't think they'll ever move anywhere else. And they, <laughs> they love love living there, and and life is great there. I haven't been there in ages, though. Um, on our sister site, Old School Shirts, we have an Idora Park uh, t-shirt, which may be before your time, because it, it, the park closed my senior year of high school when the big roller coaster I, burned down. Idlewild Park. Idora. Oh, Idora Park. Yeah, no, I've never been there. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it, the, the ruins stayed up for a couple of years, and I think they... Ended up tearing it down in the late 80s. But, um, yeah. yeah as, I've been to Cedar Point, if there you that go. counts. <laughs> there you go. Um, so growing up, were you uh, interested in broadcasting and news and things like that? What was young <laughs> Megan into? Yeah. So my my mom has uh, famously kept everything. So I am the oldest of four girls. And oh. my uh, mom kept my biography from when I think in second grade or maybe fourth grade, some, sometime in grade school, I had to write like an autobiography. And in there, I wrote that I wanted to be like Connie Chung. Oh. Um, so I, yeah, I've been interested in, in broadcast and, and definitely writing since I was little. And this has really been an amazing Cincinnati has really been an amazing place for me personally and professionally. I started um, at Fox 19. Um, I guess I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, that's where I started, Um, even though it's a competitor now. But yeah, I started there um, in 2008, I think. Yes, 2008. Um, And then I worked the morning show as a reporter and fill an anchor and then I uh, got a job in Dayton as the morning anchor for the ABC 22 Fox 45, and I was there. And then I uh, then I came back to 12. So it's a uh, Cincinnati, and, and you know this part of the the tri-state has been a great great place for me. Well, Frank Marzullo at your old employer, Channel 19, he started in Youngstown. It was his first TV gig. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it was funny because I remember watching Frank on TV. And then when I was in Cincinnati, he came on his job, job interview and I was like, hey, Frank. And it was just it was kind of bizarre um, that I, you know, I knew him from from being a, from watching him on TV and then he's interviewing for a job. So, yeah, my parents um and I would, would love watching Frank, so it's kind of a small world that way. Now, did you, Frank did you, and I are really good friends now, still. Did you see uh, him uh, get knocked out by the wrestler, the, the famous story he told on <laughs> our I, You know, I've, I've seen the video clip only because he's played for me, but played uh-huh. it for me, but I did not watch that, that, that live. Yeah, that was one of the, <laughs> I don't know if you call that the highlights or the lowlights, but one of the most memorable parts of his, uh, his time there at Youngstown. And, and you know, Frank... If you know and see Frank, he's he's not a he's not a big guy. No, so, that wrestler did some damage to him for sure. Yeah, but he's got a good sense of humor about it now. So yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's something he looks back on and can laugh about it. What so, was his name? Like Butter Butterbean. Butterbean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He promised us he'd dig up the video clip for us. Yeah. Uh, but he never did. I don't know. So, but it, it does exist. So if you've seen it, we have confirmation it does exist. Maybe it might. Yes, not. it does. It does. Ah, okay, right. I'm going to have to put you, or hold on one second, sure, sure. Right. four and two-year-old want to say goodnight. All right. <laughs> I love you. 
Hey, good night. <laughs> good night, guys. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> Don't let the bed bugs bite. Okay. Sorry, we're pausing for a quick hug. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> no problem. Okay. All right. Good night, guys. Okay. Sleep tight. All right. I'm back. That's fine. Mine are both grown, so. Um, well, one still lives here, but the other's off on her own, and the other one uh, will be off to college in two years. So, uh, so you remember you remember the days when they were two and four, and oh, yeah. young toddlers, and you know it's just chaos. Oh yeah, yeah, bedtime. yeah, yeah. I remember uh, feeding them in the middle of the night, watching CNN because nothing else was on. <laughs> and my wife yelling at me that they're at the TV. So I'm like, I don't think they care. <laughs> well, actually, I will say I will side with your wife on this one. The studies do say if you turn on the TV, the blue light does oh. keep them up later. So Uh-oh. if my husband and I take a turn feeding in the middle of the night, and he says to me, oh, "The baby just wouldn't go back to sleep after he's done with his bottle." I'm like, did you have the TV on? And if he says yes, I'm like, well, maybe next time to have the TV off. So there are well, studies that show. Yeah, that but the, the I think, light. as I recall, though, when I would come out and when it was her turn, uh, I would come out and I'd find her watching the old uh, TV show Street Smarts. If anybody remembers <laughs> that. And she'd be like, well, I have to watch something, otherwise I'll fall asleep. And <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. It's, unless they're the two people, I guess. Yeah. So, um, Back going back to your your Youngstown days when you were younger, did you like write for a school paper or did you try to start your own newspaper? Or what, how did you how actually? Did... It's it's funny that you say that. My uh, neighborhood, uh, the street that I lived on, um, there was a couple of kids in my neighborhood, and we just kind of did like a neighborhood paper uh, for the neighbors for a couple summers. But that was it. No, I I mean the high school. If you know Columbia, the high school that I went to had like ninety four kids in the entire grade. So it wasn't a big high school and, you know, we had a yearbook, but we didn't have a, like a school paper back then. And, and when I got to college, so I played sports and I, um, gosh, it feels weird talking about this cause it's so long ago, but I, um, I, I, uh, got a college scholarship for volleyball. So I went to Robert Morris university, which is oh, in Pittsburgh. Right outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. And I went there on a volleyball scholarship and they had a, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like a journalism program. It was just like a media program. So um, I went there for volleyball and I graduated with a communications degree and also played four years of college volleyball. So wow. kind of did both of it. I uh, just yeah. what, like uh, what, what was the, the gal that used to be on uh, Fox 19? She went to New Orleans. Jackie Jing, also um, a volleyballer. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would see her sometimes. Uh, so obviously in Cincinnati, um, they have a lot of fun sand courts around town. So I'd see her at some sand courts um, playing every once in a while. Ah, so you kept playing even after? Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my sister and I, so my, my one sister is uh, moved here uh, like a year or two after I moved here to be a teacher. Um, so she still lives here and she works in, in Mason as a teacher. And um, so her and I, back before we both got married, would play uh, over at the Sandbar off of Kellogg. Yeah. And we'd play in the CSL Volleyball League, oh, nice. Volleyball Leagues, the Coed Fours, sometimes the Twos. We played indoor. We played in tournaments at Setters and all the, all the local spots. Oh, my gosh. So we, we had a lot of fun in the summer playing sand volleyball, but I really haven't. Honestly, I've, I had... Uh, three babies in four years. So it, my uh, 
sand volleyball days uh, when I could just hang out on Saturdays at the sand courts are kind of over. So yeah, oh, no, I I can imagine you you need a break there. But did you have any <laughs> yeah. any notion of uh, you know pursuing it maybe an uh, Olympic club or anything like that? I guess oh, there's really no, no, no. I was not. I was definitely not good enough. First of all, I'm not tall enough. Second of all, I was not skilled enough to do anything uh. beyond college. But I will. I will. I will tell you that my senior year. So like the NCAA tournament is for the men's basketball. The NCAA tournament for women's volleyball is kind of the same and that um, whoever wins the conference goes on to the tournament. Okay. Um, so we were from the Northeast Conference. I mean, it's a small, it's Division One, but it was a small, very small Division One conference, obviously, because a lot of people have not heard of Robert Morris. But my senior year, um, we won our conference. So we went to the NCAA tournament as a 16th seed and we ended up playing Penn State. Oh my gosh. Um, in the first round and they I mean they just I I think we scored like 3 points in all of the matches. I mean they just they were they they went on to win the national championship that year. They were they were amazing, but that but you know what? I could still say I went to the NCAA tournament in yeah. college athletics. So That's huge. <laughs> yeah. So is, was Robert Morris Division One for everything or just a few sports? Because a buddy of mine went um, to a college in the Carolinas, and they were Division Three for everything except soccer. They were Division One, which is why he went there. But um, yeah, so they definitely they were not for their football program is is like a um, I don't even know what what conference it is. It's not like it's not Division One. Their football program isn't, but I think I'm pretty sure the rest of the sports are okay. Um, yeah, de- definitely men's basketball is because you you know they sometimes oh that's right they, they would play at the uh, the first four in Dayton sometimes yeah. so I actually saw them play uh, the one time they did play at Dayton ah so that was kind of fun cool but yeah and so how did you like Pittsburgh um, so I I really enjoyed Pittsburgh um, both my parents grew up in Pittsburgh and the, all my entire extended family is from there or lives there. Um, still currently so and you know as you know columbiana is fairly close to the pennsylvania border and yep. our house was maybe 10 minutes from the pennsylvania border so to, to go to downtown pittsburgh was 45 minutes for us um and then to go to cleveland was more like an hour and 15 yeah. so we would always you know if we did anything like the the zoo or the children's museum or visiting family we'd, we'd go to pittsburgh Oh uh, yeah, my, my most of my family up in the northern part of Youngstown there leaned leaned to Cleveland because it was just a, it was just slightly closer, being on yeah, that end of town. It, yep, it's funny, and that that's a big Steelers. You know, either someone's a Browns fan yep. or someone's a Steelers fan. It's a very divided <laughs> divided place because of that. Very definitely. Uh, although the only person in my family that was a Steeler fan was my cousin's kid, uh, because he decided early, and this is back when the Steelers were. Uh, in the middle of getting very good, it was after their uh, first two Super Bowls, and he was a little younger than me, but he decided, I'm just going to root for a winner, because the Browns were getting better, but they still weren't very good, so if you're going, I'm not root for a losing team, I'm going to root for a winning team, and I can see them on TV every Sunday, because, you know, they're halfway between the two cities, so... But, uh, well, I think I think it's worked out for him. I think it has. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very jealous. Um, I have a lot of friends that live there because my uh, my father lived there for ten years, and I lived there for a little bit. So I've got a lot of very close, dear friends in Pittsburgh, and I'm very jealous of their the football experience they have had in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So my like I said, my dad grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, diehard Steelers fan. So uh, my husband. Uh, uh, is from Cincinnati, grew up in Cincinnati, 
his you know entire family from Cincinnati, all Bengals fans. So in the uh, father of the bride speech at my wedding, which <laughs> was at the Cincinnati club downtown, my dad halfway through the speech pulled out a terrible towel. <laughs> um, my husband, I definitely has not let, has not let it go to this day. Oh my so gosh. He's like, you know, it's just kind of a funny running joke between my dad and my husband. That's funny. It's weird because, um, growing up, uh, you know, we, there was a rivalry with the Bengals being a Browns fan, certainly because it's their our in-state rival, and and uh, they were, both teams were pretty good through the 80s. But I didn't realize until I got down here, at least when I first got down here, how much uh, Bengals fans hated the Browns, and it was because Paul Brown hated Art Modell, the former Browns owner. And I'm like, we've got no beef with you. <laughs> we're not, but they hated us. And now I think right. our common enemy, of course, is the Steelers. But um, right as 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 it should be. But um, so what part of Pittsburgh were your, your extended family from? I'm just curious. Um, so my dad grew up in inner city Pittsburgh. My mom grew up in Penn Hills. Okay. I, um, one uncle lives in Mars, PA, near Valencia, like off the turnpike exit. Yep. yep my that. other one um, lives in Oakmont. Um, my other aunt lives in more of like the um, North Hills area, and my other aunt lives more near Slick. Swickly. There you go. I know all those. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could find my way around anymore if I went back there. It's been a long time. Oh but, gosh, uh, my yes. Those those hills and the <laughs> and just the the roundabout way you have to get to place. It's it's crazy. Oh, fact, my dad famously says that if when you're in Pittsburgh, you can see the street you need to get to, but you can't get to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's uh. So I was just. So my maternity leave, I um, went to my parents' house for like a week towards the end of my maternity leave, which was, I, I mean, I've only been back to work for about a month at this point because the baby will be four months next week. Um, but so anyway, so when I went home, um, one of the days my mom and I took the uh, the big kids to the zoo. And that had been like the first time I'd been back to that zoo since, you know, I was little. It was kind of fun to be back, but I will say... Um, Nothing against the Pittsburgh Zoo, but the Cincinnati Zoo, I realized why it, it wins awards all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the best zoo in the, in the country and blah, sure. blah, blah. So it's, uh, the Cincinnati Zoo is spectacular. And I have a, a newfound appreciation for it after I go into to the Pittsburgh Zoo. Not that the Pittsburgh Zoo is that bad, but it just, Cincinnati Zoo is just awesome in, in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, it's just a different level. And as far as getting around for folks that, who may not be too familiar, uh, as I think about it, Pittsburgh is probably the, the least freeweighed city in America. There are just mm-hmm. no freeways because I guess it was too hard to build them. And uh, all the hills. And, and, yeah. yeah. In fact, my dad, um, he when he was there, he was trying to sell his house. He didn't want to be in Pittsburgh anymore. And he had an opportunity to leave, but he was afraid. It was at the time when the housing market had turned upside down in the late 80s, early 90s. And he would lose money. So there was a, um, they wanted to build an expressway right through our neighborhood. And he would go down to the grocery store and they would have these signs up on the bulletin board as you, when you leave the grocery store. And it would say, uh, please save our neighborhood, save West Mifflin. And he would take them down and <laughs> throw them in the garbage because he wanted them to buy the house so he could get out of there. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, not an easy city to get around, but a, but a nice city. I mean, it's it seems because you having lived there for a while lived, and lived in Cincinnati, I know it's considered to be a northeastern city and an Atlantic uh, kind of city. But Pittsburgh is kind of more midwestern than it is northeastern, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, I I, I really feel like what the Pittsburgh 
you know, vibe is, is very much like Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, everyone is, is a hardworking people and they really have, you know, great energy and it's, it's a, it's a fun city and, you know, family is very important, much like Cincinnati is. And it's funny. I don't know if you would agree, but whenever I'm anywhere, like walking through an airport in a different state in Florida, when someone starts talking and they have that Pittsburgh accent, oh, yeah. I, immediately, I immediately could say, yep, you're from Pittsburgh. <laughs> it, it's funny. I, one of my other jobs is um, I do uh, social media community management for a local restaurant chain. Um and uh, someone had uh, was mentioning that they were from Pittsburgh or something like that. So I said, oh, do Yins uh, go down to Giant Tiggle and buy gum bands and jumbo? And he's like, oh, very funny. You Googled some Pittsburgh stuff. I'm like, nope, lived in West Bethlehem for five years. <laughs> 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 I know all the lingo, man. Um, so after Robert Morris College, where, where did you go from there? Um, so after Robert Morris, I went to – so I knew I wanted to be in television, and it was – it uh, hard to get in. If anyone knows anything about the TV news industry, it's um, a lot of a lot of people want to do it, but a lot of people, um, you know, are, are trying to come from college and get that first job. So I sent out tons of tapes, just tape upon tape. And this is back when there was no. I was an actual VHS tape that I was sending to the news directors. So I um, sent out a bunch of tapes. And got um, a call from uh, Zanesville, Ohio. So I don't know if you've ever driven uh, to Columbus on I-70, but yeah. Zanesville is uh, one of those one of those stops that some people make to fill up gas or get something to eat. But yeah, I stopped and my first job was in Zanesville. Uh, I knew they had a TV station there. Yes, they. It's a, a very small TV station. It's so. Uh, TV markets are ranked like number one is New York, then LA. That might be switched. I don't know if New York or LA is number one, but either either way. Yeah. And then like there's 210, so it goes down to some place in Montana or some place in South Dakota. But Zanesville, because it's covered by so many other places, like from uh, the Wheeling Market, from Cincinnati, from Columbus. They are market 202 out of 210. So I ah. literally started in market 202. But, you know, it's kind of funny. In, in Cincinnati here, there are a lot of people that started at that station, like Jed Demusi from my station at Local 12, and actually Alexa Hellwig, one of our reporters, started at that station as well. So a lot of people start there, but then quickly move someplace else. So is it like Lima, where there's only the one station? Yes, exactly like that. Okay. And in fact, um, <laughs> the call letters for the Zanesville station, WHIZ, stands for We're Here in Zanesville, and it's a family-owned company. Oh. And I, I couldn't tell you if it still is. I assume it still is um, because they have a t uh, radio station as well. So they have an AM and FM radio station as well as a television station, and they put a lot of emphasis on their radio as well. Oh. Um, and I remember you would have to do the radio news as well as the television news. So you would have to do both, which actually kind of helps because you're, you're reading more and you're, you know, working on your broadcast voice more. Um, so it's a, it, it's, to me, it's a good place to start because you could do a lot of different things and you could also make mistakes. Um, you know, more, it's more, 
accepted when you make mistakes compared to like if you would start in Cincinnati and make some critical error. So. <laughs> Uh, I remember when I was in uh, college in the 80s, um, the station in Lima was an NBC affiliate and just an NBC affiliate. And then I guess as technology has grown, I think Lima got licensed to one more station, but I think that the original station owned it too. And then now that you have all these digital channels, they're able, they can offer all four broadcast networks in Lima on two stations plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, you think that, I guess you'd think that would afford, uh, because we've talked about this before with other news people, with the emergence of 10 o'clock news is everywhere and more cities getting more broadcast stations that seem to open up uh, things a little bit more for uh, broadcast journalists. Yeah, I mean, obviously the opportunities there and not just for the the television side, but the digital side. I had, um, I worked with a girl in Dayton who went to, she went from Dayton to, now she was originally from California, but she went from Dayton and got a job at KTLA, which is Los Angeles. But yes. She was on their digital, like their internet. So she would do a live internet show on their, um, like their, their website and, and record stuff for their app. And she actually got a job from LA and then she's now in Boston doing, some broadcasts, but a lot of digital as well for a station out there. So yeah, it's crazy how much the digital side is kind of taking over too. So speaking of Northwest Ohio, here's a slightly embarrassing confession. Um, so Dwayne Pullman on your station. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we went to college together and it never occurred to me he was on channel 12 because I watch, uh, I watch 19 and 12 and five pretty evenly nine for some reason we have an antenna and for some reason nine comes in the most rubbishy. So we don't get to see nine too much, but so anyway, uh, Dwayne posted something, a picture from school working at the station we worked at and never, I never put two and two together. I'm like, holy crap, that's Dewey. <laughs> oh, is that what you called him? His, his nickname was Dewey. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I'll have to tell him. And so I have, uh, Wade is one of my favorites. He and I, uh, before I got the promotion, he and I would anchor Sunday nights together. So I was the weekend anchor, Saturdays I soloed, and then on Sundays I anchored with Dwayne. Um, and he is literally just the best in every way possible. He's such a great guy. He's such a, an amazing journalist, especially in investigative pieces. And he is so kind, too. He's willing to help out anyone in the newsroom. He really, really loves and cares about people. And, you know, he loves his job as well. So yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a gem for sure. He's, he comes across, you know, people watch him, they're like, you know, he's, he's serious and could be a little intimidating. But he's a... He's, he's a jab. It's funny you say because he, he t- always took his job seriously, even at the college station, but not in a in a jerky way at all. He was very friendly. Uh, I remember he uh, a friend of mine had a huge crush on him. She was dating a guy across the hall from me, in the dorm, but she also had a huge crush on Dewey. And uh, she gave him this cassette that he didn't really want. It was a sampler cassette of all these bands from this one record label. So we were in a meeting one time. He goes, anybody want this tape? I'm like, sure, I'll take it. So that's my one Dewey memory. My second one is he... Um, uh, chastised us via a note left for the meeting. He wasn't able to make it. That we were loading the teletype machine wrong. That's to show you how old the story is. Teletype machines. <laughs> uh, and he said he because if you and I had an overnight shift, and so the overnight jocks were responsible for reloading the teletype machine because it would run out b- by before the morning before he got in. So he said you have to load it like uh, under th- under the rollers, like toilet paper. And we're all like, that's not how you load toilet paper, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so we had a big disagreement about that. Um, 
So yes, uh, just, just strange how that um, I didn't realize it was him until he posted that picture, and I'm like, wait, that's the same guy. <laughs> Yeah, Bowling Green, right? Yeah, Bowling Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. So after Zanesville, how long were you in Zanesville? Uh, just like a year and a half for that. Yeah, about a year and a half. Um, so is they, so Television World, they have contracts Yeah. where you sign like a two, three-year deal and you're kind of locked into that station for that amount of time. But in Zanesville, because the pay is because it's such a small market, at that time, when I worked there, we didn't have contracts, so um, people just came and came and went fairly quickly. So, oh. um, and also at that time, I mean, I was making fourteen thousand five hundred dollars a year, and that's no joke. I, uh, you know, one of the girls that was the morning anchor was also a bartender on the side. I mean, oh, jeez, un- unlivable salary. Yeah. Um, luckily, my parents, like like I said, I grew up, you know, in Youngstown, Ohio, Columbia County, so to drive home with only two and a half hours. So it was kind of like, I think of my Zanesville experience as like a, uh, like a grad school experience because I like made no money and I went home on my weekends to do laundry and get groceries. Wow. And then, it's <laughs> funny you should say that because that's my daughter's experience right now up in Cleveland at her first job. But we think it's a really, it's a super huge opportunity so we're like, you know, you got to stick with it. And she, my wife's cousins, you say, you know, come, come over and do your laundry. And so everyone's been very helpful and she's got a big support system up there. But uh, yeah, that's the, that, that first job, you know, you really got to make the most of the opportunity. What kind of stuff did you, did you cover in Zanesville? I'm curious. Oh, oh gosh. Um, honestly, I remember that it, this is kind of funny. So it was such a small, like market, small, small area that, they placed a lot of emphasis on, you know, local, local, local. So we would go to every Wednesday was a commissioner's meeting. I'd sit through, you know, the commissioner's meetings. We would go to the rotary, the rotary luncheons, <laughs> and we would cover whoever the guest speaker was at the rotary. Um, you know, there were, there were obviously instances of breaking news. Um, I covered my first fatal house fire there. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, Things like that would happen, but on a day-to-day basis, you know, it's, it's not like they would send you to Columbus for, um, you know, a, a big story because the Columbus stations were there. Um, so, it, I mean, it was really as local as you can get, and, and that's what people liked. I mean, Muskingum County, it, you know, the, the, the folks that live there want to know what's going on there, so that's, that's where we were all the time. And it was actually, in my opinion, a really big uh, benefit to have Columbus very close, at least as a young journalist, because if something big did happen, say that, you know, that fatal house fire or some other, you know, uh, terrible event or big event, Columbus, all three stations would come down and cover it. And I could remember covering the same thing they did and then going home, rushing home and watching them. Like I, I could watch how you know, the Columbus reporter from, you know, NBC4 in Columbus covered it or how the 10 TV reporter from the Columbus CBS station covered the same story I was on. So, you know, that was to me the best learning tool there was because I could watch from someone who's an amazing professional do something that I was assigned to do as well and see what I did wrong and see what I could do better. So I really enjoyed having Columbus that close. So even on like big stories, like say if the president was coming into Columbus or something like that, or anywhere, they wouldn't send anybody to Columbus. No. They no, huh? No, no. Interesting. And, and I don't, I don't know that that's changed either. Like I said, if something happens there, like in Muskingum County, 
and uh, some of the, the the other counties around there than okay. But um, you know, the, believe me, if there was an accident on the Y Bridge in Danesville, that was big news. Have you have you have you heard of the infamous Y Bridge in Danesville? No. Okay, so there's a bridge in Danesville, and it's it's a Y. It's you know you go you're all together in, in one of the traffic, like the, the bottom of the capital Y, and then it splits off into two in the middle of the bridge. So it's kind of a famous landmark in, in Zanesville is the Y Bridge. And I guess it's a source of a lot of uh, accidents then? Well, no, not really. I mean, it's not a dangerous bridge, but it's just it's kind of unique because of the way it's structured. Okay. How it's structured like a capital Y. So, hmm. I'll yeah, have to, I'll have to look that up. Um, was Zanesville the place where the all the animals broke loose, or is that Chillicothe? I always get those. No, no, confused. no, that was Zanesville. That was definitely Zanesville. Yep. Okay, were you there then? I was not there then. Okay. So at that time, I don't remember what city I was in at that time, but I had I no, I was not there. But yes, that that area, you know, where they talked about shooting the tiger on the interstate or seeing the animals as you're driving on the interstate, I know exactly where that all is. Oh wow. Do you know anybody that got to cover that story? Um, no, no, because by the time I left there, like I said, the turnover at that place is there's a lot of people that come and go. Uh, the news director um, is also the main anchor. He's a legend in that area. Called, his name is George Hyotis. I'm sure he was there. Uh, oh, there you go. He's still there. And he was he was one of the guys that hired me. Um, so I'm sure he was was covering it that day, too. Well, that's a once in a lifetime story there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's started there, and then he took over as news director. But he's like news director and their main anchor as well. Yeah, but it's funny how guys seem to like some guys just seem to to stick. Another guy I think of like that is James Brown up at Channel Seven in Dayton. Seems like that guy's been there forever. Oh yes, yes, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you know what? I mean, some people have, and I've talked about this with my coworkers now. Um, you know, because Local 12 has had a lot of folks retire recently, um, a lot of talented journalists that, you know, left Cincinnati and, and lived here and made this their home. Um, and, you know, it's a personal choice for folks. Um, you know, a lot of people, like, for instance, Joe Webb, um, he didn't grow up in Cincinnati. He grew up in Oklahoma. Um, and then he came here to Cincinnati and, and started his family and raised his kids here and retired here. Um, but, you know, uh, some people m- might not choose that path, and that's fine, too. So it just kind of d- depends on the person, you know, if they're they're, they're loving the, the place where they're living, and they love their job, and, you know, it's a good place to raise a family for them, and then they stay. As my friend Will used to say, you got to get in where you fit in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after that's kind of, like, kind of what, what, what I've done, too. Like, I, you know, came to the city, fell in love with the city, met my husband, who told me on our first date. Uh, just so you know, I'm never leaving Cincinnati. I said, okay. <laughs> there you go. So uh, did, did you go from Zanesville to Cincinnati, or did you go to another market uh, first? Yeah, no. So I went from Zanesville to Fort Wayne, Indiana. So from 210 up to what? I'm 154. Uh, I was like a one-out. Did you say 104? I think One, it might be uh, like right around 104, like 103. I said 154. I was, I was still a little no, off. No. <laughs> I was a little okay, lower yeah. than that. So right around 100. Okay. I don't know. So if market size changes, like yeah. Cincinnati will be like 34, 32. So it's gone up and down depending on, you know, who, how many people are living there, obviously, because that's what it's based on. Yeah. Um, so at that time, it was about like 104 right around there, Fort Wayne was. And have you ever been to Fort Wayne? 
I don't think so. I've been in that part of Indiana. My buddy and I in college drove across Indiana to go to Chicago to see a Depeche Mode concert, and we were too cheap to pay in the interstate. But I still think we wound up north of Fort Wayne. Went through South Bend, but um, never been to Fort Wayne. So you probably went around Fort Wayne on purpose, because I remember one of the the folks that lived there telling me uh, when I worked there that they, the, the founding fathers of the Fort Wayne area did not choose to have the interstate go through the city. And they made a dire mistake in doing that because uh, you never get to see, unless you get off the interstate, how cool of a city it is. Oh. But, you know, I really did enjoy my time in Fort Wayne. It's a, it's a small city, but it's, it's got everything that you could need. It's, pretty you know they have nice parks um the people there are friendly they have uh ipfw uh although i think they they renamed themselves instead of it's i think it's indiana university for the university anyway i don't remember what their, their college is called now but they had a, a university or have a university um so yeah it's it's a it, you know it's kind of tucked away too so it's worth the trip off the interstate if you if you ever have the chance I think they have uh, some kind of big sale up there with, with the people that make the hand. Vera Bradley has a big sale up oh, there yep. that my wife always yep, wants that. to go to. Well, maybe we'll finally yep. take the plunge uh, and, and go up there sometime. Because um, I know Fort Wayne from growing, well, for two reasons growing up. The fictitious home of Frank Burns from MASH, one. And uh, more importantly, uh, the home of, it's, what is it, WOWO Radio. Yes. It's a big oh, station. Wow. Yeah, and it's actually, that is what we call a clear channel station, not clear channel the company, clear channel in that it's a big, it's a 50,000 watt station, uh, which is unusual for a town that size. And uh, I used to listen to the hockey games from the old Fort Wayne Comets. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who, That's funny. Yeah. The Fort Wayne Comets are still there. I'm sure they, they've uh, kind of reemerges from a different league. I don't even know what. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they've gone from league to league, but I for yeah. some reason I think it's still the same organization. They're one of the few teams, like some teams, like like the Kalamazoo Wings or whatever. There have been several different teams called that, but the Fort Wayne Comets. I think it's still it's gone from the it's the same organization as from like the '60s. It's managed to survive and jump from league to league as each league collapses. Uh, they managed oh. to keep. I've, I've memory serves. Yeah, I'll tell folks on the other side after I do my research if that's. But I, I seem to have some recollection of that. So, um, so how long were you in Fort Wayne? Um, like three, three years I was in Fort Wayne. And then I remember I wanted to be back. So I just wanted my, my goal the whole way through was to be in a big city within driving distance to my parents' house. Um, and so I interviewed at a station in Louisville. I interviewed here at Fox 19. I don't think if I interviewed anywhere else at that time. I think that was it. But I ended up obviously getting the job um, back um, when uh, there was a news director here by the name of Steve Ackerman. So he's the one that hired me um, to come to Fox 18. And I remember just like driving into the city and thinking, oh my goodness, this is such a big city and being so excited (laughs) (laughs) after going from Zanesville to Fort Wayne to be in like a big city. But uh, but still staying in the Midwest and basically right. in, in, in Ohio, yeah, uh, pretty cool. So how long were you at Fox 19? So about four or five years I was at Fox 19. So it was when Rob and Sheila were the main morning anchors, uh, Valerie Beatty, Paul Horton did the weather, uh, Richard Puzo, Jack Atherton, um, I don't know if you remember any of those names. Oh, yeah, yeah, all of those. Yep, I've been here since so, 94, so. Okay, yes, so uh, they... 
that was back when I um, when I worked there, and I really enjoyed my experience at uh, Fox 19, but I knew I wanted to anchor. So when I got the opportunity at the Dayton station, I uh, took it. Yeah, that's so. I remember, um, like I said, we we were among the first cord cutters, so we've had the antenna for a long time. So, and as such, we pick up uh, most of the Dayton stations. And I happened to have the Dayton station on one time, and I saw you, and I'm like, oh, it, look, it's Megan Mangiello, how cool! <laughs> and uh, and then I remember reading, and I think it was pretty sure it was John Keyswater's column, either in the Inquirer or on the VXU uh, website, that uh, you actually were commuting from Cincinnati up to Dayton. True story. I did that for four years. Oh my so gosh! I didn't. So back uh, when I made the switch from Cincinnati to Dayton, uh, I thought about living in Dayton. But at that time, I was here in Cincinnati. I was in Norwood, and my sister and I were roommates. So we'd live together, and I loved my I loved my life outside of work in Cincinnati. And I started you know, working up in Dayton and driving and thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll start looking for an apartment or maybe move up here. And I would leave for work at 2.30 in the morning uh, from Norwood, and I would drive to the station in um, in Dayton. But the station in Dayton was actually in Miamisburg. So it's right off that uh, Miamisburg exit yeah. where the mall is. Yep. So I literally, leaving my house in Norwood, it would take me a um, minute or two to jump on the lateral this was without traffic this was 2 30 in the morning i would start my drive um and then you know after a morning show i would drive back home and it would take me a little longer on the way home with four cars in the road but i just i kind of fell into kind of fell into a groove doing that and um you know there were some times in the winter when i would uh, you know, stay up in Dayton. They, uh, the station up there would, you know, pay for you to pay for me to stay in a hotel. There was one right across from the station, um, the, the Red Roof Inn. It wasn't, it's not like a posh hotel. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know what? It, I could walk to work, didn't have to worry about digging out my car or anything, and, and it worked. So, um, you know, and I always, when I was up there in Dayton, I um, wanted to get that next step for anchoring. And I didn't know if it would be Cincinnati. Um, you know, I interviewed in a couple other big cities. I interviewed in Cleveland. I interviewed in Nashville. Um, and, you know, I didn't get those jobs. Um, so I don't know what, what my life would have looked like if I would have. But it's funny. I interviewed. Or, so I, when I was in Dayton, I ended up being, I was back here in Cincinnati. And I met my now husband. And I remember, like, three months into meeting him, I had a job interview in Indianapolis where I did get uh, a call back from the news director who said, hey, we really like you. We want to talk about a contract. And I said, okay. And then I talked to my talked to my, my husband, and I was like, listen, I got this, you know, possi- possibility, you know, but obviously a job is one thing. And, if, you know, if you feel the same way I do, I'm not asking for a commitment right now, but, you know, I, I would want to stay to see how things work out with you and so we were both on the same page romantically, and there you go. There you have it. It's that's strange because um, uh, my wife knows someone that worked at her company. They uh, the husband works in Indianapolis, and the wife works in Cincinnati, and they live in uh, Greensburg, I believe. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. or wherever the I Honda mean, plant is. We could have probably made it work, but it, you know, I didn't. At that point, you know, we were just dating. We were three months into dating, so yeah. I wasn't ready to, you know. Just yeah. to, to, to make that move without, you know, 
What, what fascinated me about reading about your commute was the fact that I did that for a year. I worked in Kettering and uh, commuted oh. from Anderson Township. Yeah, so I had to go up uh, 75, then to 675, and then up Far Hills, and then, you know, it, it was... Uh, but I really liked the area. We loved Dayton. We'd go, like, shopping up there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, here's a fun nerdy thing I do. Uh, whenever we have a staycation to, print a, to pretend we're in another town, we just put on the Dayton news, and you get this whole different news of these places you're only vaguely familiar with, and it's like you're staying out of town. Oh, wow. So you really, you really do that? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have done that before. For my, What's going on? Yeah, years ago when uh, I did that for my wife, I, I set up our uh, room like a hotel room for her and put, it, you know, put the chocolate on her pillow and all that stuff, and we watched out-of-town news. Yeah, it was just because we were bored and we, we you know, uh, really couldn't afford to go anywhere uh, out of town, really, and didn't really want to go anywhere. There wasn't anywhere we wanted to go, and yeah, did, uh, did that. So a little, little, and now look, I'm ahead of my time. People doing staycations now. That's a handy tip for you. <laughs> that's right. You've already, you've already been through uh, been through the experience. So exactly. You, know what you have to do it because of the pandemic. It's like no, no big deal. One of the one of the cool free things in Dayton, of course, and I'm sure that you've been there, is the the big museum. No, I keep making a drag. My right family path. not big museum people. I need to drag them there though. No, they're big. They're big uh, shoppers. So yeah, I need to, I need to get there. And uh, of course, it's right near where the uh, Triangle Park, where the um, uh, Dayton Triangles used to play. One of the charter members of the National Football League. So, oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah, Dayton's good job. Like, I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I liked it. Did I mean? I know you wanted to live down in Cincinnati because you know um, your now husband you know wasn't gonna move. But did did you like Dayton? Yeah, no, I definitely did. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the Oregon District, I mean, they have a lot of great little neighborhoods um, up near the green and, and yeah. um, like Xenia. I remember being up, up there for a couple of stories after the show. Um, and one thing um, that Dayton did that we don't do here was the county fairs. So oh, yeah. Whenever we had uh, in the summertime, we'd make public appearances with our, with our, uh, you know, photos of ourselves and some of our photos to give to, to give to people at the to give people at the county fair. So that was one of the the ways that I got to see and meet people in Dayton is uh is uh, going to those type of events, which is always kind of fun. Yeah, and Dayton's certainly underrated in my book. Yeah, uh, but you got back to um, Cincinnati uh, with with Channel Twelve then after four years. That must have been pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I, you know, love Cincinnati. I wanted to come back and, you know, when it, in the ownership group for the station in Dayton is the same as here in Cincinnati. So I, uh, the, the manager here in Cincinnati is John Lawhead and he is actually the group manager for the Dayton station as well. So when I was in Dayton, I would randomly, you know, after a year or so, year and a half, I call, I you know, let him know like, Hey, um, just wanted to know if you wanted to grab coffee. I'll be down in Cincinnati. So he <laughs> me, I think on two different occasions at like a, a you know, a Starbucks or whatever. And I'd be, it, I would, again, just chat, chat him up and say, hey, you know, if there's ever an anchor position at Local 12, let me know. So it, you know, worked out in my favor because at that time, I mean, like I said, Local 12 has gone through a lot of people retiring. But, you know, Rob and Cammie and, and and Kit and you know a lot of our anchors have been here for decades so there really was not a lot of anchor opportunities at local 12 back when I came four years ago wow so the squeaky wheel though yes yeah definitely I mean uh, what I've found in this business and in life in general I mean not just news but if you want something you make it known and go after it so that's 
that's what I did. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's really counterintuitive because you don't want to like, you know, you don't want to bother anybody. You don't want to like think, but some, you know, sometimes you gotta. Yeah. And I think people, I mean, I don't know, I've never been a boss, but I would think that you would want someone who's energetic, excited about the job, definitely wants to be there, is a go-getter, especially, you know, in my opinion, as a, you know, TV journalist, you have to go out and get the story. So, you know, in this field, I think you should be rewarded for having that go go get them attitude and, and really wanting to make it work. Well, so as someone who's always wanted to be a journalist and, and kind of be in this line of work, what would your advice to be to young Megan Mangello there in Columbiana, Ohio, maybe just coming out of high school? Uh, anything you learned along the way that kind of surprised you that you wouldn't have expected that you would want young Megan to know? Um, I guess the biggest thing is <laughs> there's going to be heartbreaks and there's going to be doors closed and there's going to be mistakes along the way and there's going to be things that don't go your way but if you keep focused on the long-term goal and keep pushing forward in the end it will be uh, <laughs> it, it, it will happen it'll be your dreams come true well cool and when can folks see you now i, I don't even remember when you're on now because i watch i'm oh, watching so much local news yes. that... so um what so i will say um we are starting there's been a lot of filling in the past couple of weeks just because of uh, people taking vacations. But okay. TV sweeps um, are certain months out of the year. So we're just coming up on sweeps. So I'll definitely be, which means no one can take time off because these are when the ratings count for the um, next three months. So anyway, that was a long explanation. But I'm on every day, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Okay. 5:30 and then 10 o'clock on Star 64. Okay, yeah, that's because I, yeah, I usually that's I usually watch uh, you guys at 12, um, and then I watch five before uh, at at six, which is a confusing amount of numbers. And then at 10 o'clock we've got Fox 19 on, so I got a nice spread of all the local news channels that way. And uh, yeah, yeah. So four, five, yeah. 30 and six. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, watch a lot of watch a lot of local news, but um. Uh, and we're there... always supposed to, you know, I will, if I can, plug my social media as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, please do. <laughs> so I just have to get that out there because our station, you know, obviously we're number number one for TV, our focus, but um, social media is an important part of our job too, especially, you know, for breaking news or when it's not four o'clock, if something happens, I'll post it to my social media. Okay. So that way you'll see it first too. Um, so my social media is just Megan Mangello on Facebook. You can uh, follow my page and then Instagram, it's the same and Twitter, it's the same. Cool. And you found me on Twitter, so you, as you know, I did find you on Twitter. Yes, at, via, easy to access. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually via my other job. And then I remembered um, when I was trying to get round up some guests, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I uh, I spoke to you via my other job a couple uh, weeks ago, and uh, yeah, and then then I remember the whole commute to Dayton thing. And I thought that might be interesting to talk about. So yeah, there you have it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for doing this, especially on a uh, Monday night here, uh, late in the evening. Uh, really appreciate it. I'll uh, let you get back. And spend some time with that husband of yours and uh, see if folks can have a, a nice relaxing evening. And um, Well, actually, I made it back to work. So you caught me in the middle of my, but towards oh. the end of my dinner break. Oh. So I, yeah, so my, so my nights are kind of crazy because I have, uh, you know, three under the age of four at this point. Yeah. So I drive home after the six o'clock show, I drive home, help my husband get everyone to bed and then come back to work. Cause I have a 10 o'clock show to anchor. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to watch that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Things are hectic, but that's okay. <laughs> it's good to be, especially now, right? It's better to be hectic than, 
not be hectic. Absolutely. Because <laughs> not being absolutely. hectic would be a lot worse. Well, terrific. Well, again, thanks for doing this, then, especially under these circumstances. Wow, I'm super impressed. Um, yeah. Oh, the last order of business. I don't know if you've heard, you said you listened to some episodes of the podcast. Uh, you get to pick the coupon code for the next episode, which means uh, folks will use this either uh, on our website or in the one of the two stores in Over the Rhine or Hyde Park to get 20% off their entire order. And it could be any word or phrase of your choosing. Uh, what would you like that phrase to be or word? Um, let's do Vinny 77. So my last son was born well on 77, so July 7th, and okay. his name is Vinny. So let's do Vinny 77. With an I-E or a Y? B-I-N-N-Y. All right, Vinny77. All right, super. That's going to be the code word, folks. All right, well, again, uh, thanks, Megan, and um, uh, have uh, continued success uh, the rest of the way, and uh, talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good night. All right, bye-bye. Megan Mangiello, that song by Shauna Lang in honor of her uh, long commute that she's had over the years, but still wanting to stay close uh, to her folks in Youngstown. So um, there you have that. Uh, Shauna Lang from New Zealand. Do check her out. She's known for her big uh, her big college radio hit in the uh, late 80s was uh, Glad I'm Not a Kennedy. That was the other single from the same album. So uh, check that out. Uh, meantime, uh, how about that? She did the whole break, uh, the whole interview on her dinner break. How crazy is that? Ran home, uh, started the interview. Help get the kids to bed. Help get them all sorted. Uh, drove back to the studio, and that's where we ended the interview. Pretty cool. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast or someone you'd like us to have back on the podcast, email us, podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line. Tell us who you'd like us to have on or who you'd like us to have back and perhaps why. Um, and we've had other people on the show uh, uh, twice before. Uh, uh, John Kizuda's been on twice. Ronnie Salerno, the Haunted Cincinnati guy, was on twice. So um, if you think we've missed something and you say, hey, well, you didn't talk to so-and-so about this, we'd be happy to have him back. Also, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. If you haven't already, check out those Cincy Shirts podcast archives from baseball great Johnny Bench, uh, Amy Yazbeck, tons of great episodes in there. Uh, you'll enjoy them all. 142 now to catch up on, if you haven't already. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. Find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage cheese from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. A lot of defunct sports teams, uh, hockey, baseball, that kind of thing. Uh, old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations, uh, section of video games. That's uh, really cool. It's like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is Vinny77. That's Vinny with a Y again. All right, Vinny77, all lowercase or all uppercase, that part doesn't matter. You're going to use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order or go into one of our stores in Over the Rhine or Hyde Park and say I'd like to use the promo code Vinny77. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
I said goodbye